Habits and Health, Episode 75. Welcome to the Habits and Health Podcast, where we believe creating healthy habits should be easy. Brought to you by an educator and coach for anyone who wants to create a healthier life. Here's your host, Tony Winyard. Welcome to another edition of Habits and Health. Today, my guest, Catherine Chadwick. She is a, a member of the Institute of Coaching, and she is an expert in transformational guidance and provides individuals and groups with insights and tools that prioritize mental fitness training. He's also into wellness, resilience, adaptability, and mindfulness. And in this episode, we talk about things such as the sunshine quotient, what is mindfulness, and a lot more around those lines. So that's this week's episode with Catherine Chadwick. Hope you enjoy this episode. If you do, please do share it with anyone who you feel would really benefit from some of the value that Catherine gives us in this episode. Habits and Health, my guest today is Catherine Chadwick. How are you, Catherine? Oh, I'm very well, Tony. How are you today? I'm doing very well. I'm being challenged by technology, but other than that, I'm oh, fine. It's interesting, isn't it? Because technology almost sometimes has a mind of its own. It, it definitely has a mind of its own today, yeah. And it seems to be a mind that wants to try to annoy me in some way. I don't know. And we find you, so we were obviously just chatting before we started recording, and you're in New York. Yes, I am. I'm here in Manhattan. And yes, it's a fabulous place to be. And there's a lot of songs about Manhattan and New York, aren't there? What I really love about it is there are so many different people from all walks of life and different languages. And the energy is really most pleasing to me. Some people find it a, a little too much, but I just love the the variety, the diversity, the, uh, the different, not only the different languages, but the different points of view. And I think that it's a marvelous place to learn that we're all so very much the same and yet so very different, right? So how long have you been in, in New York City itself? I've lived here uh, almost 10 years now. And did you come to New York for work or for other reasons? Ah, I had started coming back. I was living up in the Finger Lakes area at the time, and I started coming back and forth from upstate here to the city to actually take some classes and learn some new things. I actually wanted to get back into the print work because I had been doing that when I was working in Florida and commercial print and acting. And so I did start taking some acting classes. And I, I always say I backed into that because it wasn't something that I had done consistently, you know, for very long. But I started reading things and being exposed to things that were different. And I was really taken in by the, the new experience and the new information and the new stories. And it didn't have anything to do with medicine or law. <laughs> and I, my first monologue class, oh my goodness, I, I was really awful at it. But I was just so intrigued with all of the um, the writing and the stories and the power of language and the power of stories that mm. one thing led to another. And uh, now I'm here full time and I love it. And so what was the impetus? Why did you decide to do that in the first place? I had been thinking that when my children were getting out of college, I would go back to college myself and get a master's in healthcare administration. Oh. I'm a nurse by profession and I would be great at it. 
But while the kids were growing up, I had made myself a, a position in the law office. Right. And, and so I worked part-time so I could have time with my children. I didn't really want the nanny. I, and I wanted to be able to be together with them as they were growing up. Of course, mm. I grew up just as much as they did. Yeah. And, but I thought as I, the time got closer for me to actually start making application to graduate school, I did not want to trade one desk for another. And that's right. what it seemed like to me. And I just, I'm always very creative. I like to be outside. I like to make things. I like to write things. I'm you know, good at systems and solutions. And so I'm always right. solution oriented and looking for ways to do things a little differently or maybe improve something. And I was very much interested in something much more active. You mentioned there about that you did nursing and about the healthcare. And I get the impression health has been quite an important part of your life for quite a while. Oh, absolutely. In fact, it's interesting. No one was really talking to me about going to college. And I just knew that I was going to college. And I didn't know quite what. And But my grandmother was a nurse. And she was the director of nurses at a small local hospital upstate. And she was widowed at a very young age. And I just saw that she was very much involved, not only in the community, but with her work and that she could support herself. And everybody loved her. And I was good at math and science, and I knew that I could do that. And I went, okay. So I went to the library. This is before computers, right? Talk about technology. How quickly that has progressed. Oh, my gosh. And I made one application to the top nursing school in New York State at the time. And I went there on work study. I went to Alfred University and got my bachelor's in nursing. And my first job was working at a small hospital in Florida. And that progressed. I worked ICU and that progressed into nurse IV therapy and then nurse home IV therapy. And I didn't work in nursing for some time as the children were growing up. It was the dual uh, careers in the household and childcare doesn't always mix well. And mm. yes, it's, and you can absolutely understand why people get so frustrated with that particular situation. And I was made a decision that I was um, going to allow that to work for all of us. And so I just did different things and move for flexibility and creativity and opportunity. <laughs> and so it worked very well. And so, yeah, it's been interesting. So then after the kids were getting out of college, I started coming back and forth from upstate to the city to learn these new things. And I started working as a nurse IV therapist in people's homes. And that was when I got ideas for home care. And I started a wellness education and management company called You've Got Nurse. And it was during that time I went for a certification in the applied positive psychology. And mm -hmm. that led to more information. And that was really the time period where I started working with the Sunshine Quotient. And right. that actually, it came to me, I think, as a download. People were saying, oh, my gosh, you're just so bright all the time. What are you doing? And I'd say, oh, I have a high sunshine quotient. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, what? I can feel it, but how do I articulate this to people? And then I found that sunshine quotient is a term that re refers to lighting gradients in photography and radiology. And mm -hmm. I apply it to people because you can see that we each have a unique level of brightness, of radiance. And I believe it's a reflection of your level of vibration, right? 
because we're all vibrational and light beings. And so I'm like, oh, this is fabulous because it's visual, it's visceral. And I started using it with patients to teach them a mindfulness practice. And if you can visualize that you're just breathing in the light, and of course that deep breath stimulates your vagus nerve, which stimulates the parasympathetic nervous side of your nervous system, the calming side. And Mm -hmm. so it, it serves two purposes because if you feel like you're glowing from the inside out and your heart's glowing and your heart's getting bigger and you're just glowing from the inside out and you're also stimulating that vagus nerve, you do feel calmer and it does start to initiate a mindfulness practice for people. Or if they already have a mindfulness practice, it's just a little bit of a boost that you can add to a present mindfulness practice. But I think to being mindful and having a mindfulness practice really opens up a person's uh, path to self-discovery and learning, raising their level of awareness and really what makes them tick. Is there any or much connection between the sunshine quotient and an emotional quotient as an emotional intelligence? Oh, I think so. Yes, absolutely. Because the brighter you are, it actually raises your vibration which is going to take you further up the emotional scale, which right. act and gives you more exposure to your emotions, more access to your emotions. And then you will develop a higher emotional quotient, a, a higher EQ, as, as, as you mentioned. And it, it's very much connected. How do you help people with this? Is it something that you do through a coaching practice or do you do talks and workshops or how is it you help people? I do workshops. I do work with people individually, and I work with groups. I refer to myself really as a mental fitness trainer. I have a background in martial arts, and I have a third-degree black belt in Washinru karate, which is a traditional karate that was initiated by uh, Master Haidi Ochai. And I believe that understanding systems and strategies and practices to get proficient at a certain skill or thought process and to get to the next level and then starting that next level with the open mind the fresh mind which kind of leads me to one of my favorite sayings this quote that i landed on not long ago by mark twain (laughs) this is great it ain't what you don't know that gets you into trouble it's what for sure that just ain't so. (laughs) And I really love that because we are light beings and we're emitting light and information and and there's always new information coming our way. So Mm. as far as a decision-making process, absolutely, you would want to make the decision based on the information that you have. However, I think it's important to be open to new information coming your way and evaluate whether how much consideration do you want to give that new information? Is it going to make a difference? And you do have the opportunity to decide again, if need be, right? It's When you mentioned that quotation, one of the things that went through my mind is, I think on both sides of the Atlantic at the moment, the politicians that we have and that you have could really do with understanding that. Oh, Tony, I don't disagree with you on that. (laughs) Because they're so rigid with their opinions and such a lack of flexibility and open-mindedness. Yes, yes. It is fascinating because we think 
about 60 to 70,000 thoughts in one day, and 90% or more of those are the same as the day before and the day before and the day before that. People are dragging the yesterdays along with them all of Mm. the time, and there's that little narrow window that many people don't have a big awareness of. And what I really like to work with people on is helping them to understand the beliefs that they're operating with and evaluating those. To, are they really their beliefs that, that serve them? Or are they beliefs that have been handed down from generations and just accepted? Yeah. And I believe that evaluation is a huge part of this because I really believe that much of how to make the progress that's fulfilling for people is to ev- evaluate what their purpose is. Why do they do what they do? Because I believe that it's important to unlearn the things that don't serve and relearn things that do serve. We have a lot of systems in place that don't serve people to a real high positive benefit. Yeah, yeah. And that's, of course, that's my perspective. Well, and I heard a discussion, I can't remember where it was, but they were talking about, especially elderly people who are maybe not very happy within themselves, often are the ones who are always reminiscing, always looking at the past, and they don't have anything to look forward to, whereas the people who tend to be happier have something to look forward to. And, I, and I, I don't know why, but I get the impression that some of your work kind of touches upon this, or would I be right? Oh, absolutely, because it's important to relearn a way of life. Over 90% of health illnesses and conditions are lifestyle-induced. And Mm. it's right. So it's important to evaluate how you're operating. How are you treating your system? And I talk to a lot of people, almost everybody, (laughs) about the mind diet and how you talk to yourself. The self-talk is critical as far Mm. as the benefits of treating yourself kindly Mm. and as you would really want to be treated it's somewhat it's pretty much like that golden rule treat Mm. other people like you want to be treated but start with yourself and Mm. i do believe that having a vision is important because the past is tied up in that over 90 percent that you keep dragging with you and being able to focus on a vision what it is that you want and then it's almost like a business plan to have scaffolding images between point A and point B. It's important to be able to visualize those things. It's very much like planning a vacation. And Mm. you do the research where you want to go, what kind of vacation you want. You get the directions. And all right, so you hit a few detours along the way, but you still have your eye on where you're going to land. And people are always very excited about going on vacation. And the people that I know for myself, I know what my vision is. And that gets me up and gets me fired up every day. And it also allows me to establish the intentions of how I want to be during the day. How do I want my day to go? Because it helps me keep my decisions to myself because... I have my eye on the prize. And the people that 
you're working with, what are the reasons they come to you in the first place? What are the issues that they're facing? Typically, they are professionals or creatives, and they have an inkling or more than an inkling that there's so much more available to living life than what they're actually experiencing. And mm. some people might refer to it as being stuck. Others are just not happy with mm. the way that life is going for them. And they don't have a clear understanding of how to make the changes. Hmm. And I think that's, I believe that a lot of it comes down to understanding the basics of how the mind works and doing that evaluation on what beliefs they're operating on at that point. Do those beliefs serve them? And what steps can be taken to reprogram themselves, basically, and create habits that actually do serve them. And also understanding that we do live in the universe of energy and vibration. We are energetic and vibrational beings. And mm. understanding the, that there's polarity involved as well. And a lot of people understand and if her, they have a basic understanding, possibly, of the law of attraction, um, mm -hmm. which is actually a secondary law to the law of vibration. And right. there's a polarity that's involved there. It's like a battery. It's not good or bad. It's a positive and a negative, but it's like how a battery operates. And the desire mm -hmm. is a positive charge. And the expectation that it's actually going to come to fruition is the negative charge. And so having the desire and a lot of worry and doubt is going to cause a person to be stagnated and understanding that the expectation has to be in place with that desire. And that's where a lot of the work of having a vision, a purpose, a destination in mind is to keep that expectation up and running on a level that is commensurate with the positive charge of the desire. And so mm. I think I just love showing people how these things work because it makes such a huge difference for everybody. And does that, does it matter about what age they are? Is this relevant for anyone regardless of age? Or is it more helpful for people of a particular age group? I think it's helpful for everybody across the board of right. course, some people are more receptive, right. obviously, than others. And I'm not, I won't say a lot about it right now because I don't have all of the operational pieces in place yet. But I am developing a children's program for the Sunshine Quotient because I believe that it, it, the younger you are and understanding how the universe and the body actually operate in concert, the better off everybody is because it's much healthier that way. And so have you worked with any children around this? And how easy is it for them to understand the concept? I've not worked with an extensive number of children. I have had the marvelous opportunity of speaking with people that do work with children. And right. they're very encouraging and are interested in collaborating, which is so fun. And because I believe that the more that we all collaborate, the more momentum we get. And I believe that's important. I believe mm. more in collaboration than competition. 
And I believe that what we can do to lift each other up is a beautiful way to live. I do think Mm. that in talking with children, they don't quite understand the concept of a mind diet like an Mm. adult understands that. But I talk with children in regard to their mind is like a, a garden. And this is not a new concept. This has been talked about, I believe, for however long. But what you plant in your garden is what grows. If you want to have a beautiful, happy, fulfilling garden, you have to put those thought seeds in there and cultivate Mm. them. And understand that just like in a garden, you have to pull the weeds, you have to tend to it, you have Mm. to spend some time with it and not go digging up the seed wondering what happened to it. It's Mm. that expectation of when you put that seed in the ground, you put that thought seed in there, and it's a good seed, right? And so you just have that expectation that a good thing is going to come up and grow from that. And so they absolutely understand about the mind garden, and they get excited about that. The other thing I love to do with kids is, and I started doing this with my grandchildren, who are ages five and eight and five and a half. And so at the one household with my daughter, the, there's a five-year-old and an eight-year-old. And Etta is five and Asher is eight. And I took with me a, a make-your-own-movie kit one weekend. And it's really fabulous because you can take out the backdrop and you can put the little figures together to make different characters with the different wardrobe and hair and whatnot. And there's information as far as what app you can download for a stop motion app on your phone. And so you set it up and you set up the character and you take a still, take a photograph and move the character a little bit take another still, move the character a little bit, take a still. And then the app puts all the still photographs together to make the video. And Mm. so it didn't take the kids long at all to Mm. really understand that if they didn't have a clear story, if they didn't have a setup as to how to move the characters to tell the story, that the video, they didn't like the video. And so that led us to the storyboard and talking more about the mind garden and how to plant the seeds. And then that led to, you know, creating a more um, specific story, more specific actions. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is just so reflective of what we do every day because each day adds up and we haven't done a very good job of telling the story on all those days. But the gist of it is if you don't tell a good story every day, then your year-end review might not be what you want. Mm. (laughs) I think that attention to detail and specificity Mm. and really having clarity on what it is that you want And if you don't have that clarity, it's worth taking the time to do a little research and have a greater understanding of the idea that you have in mind to hone that in a little bit, to be more specific about it. I think that serves people very well. A few minutes ago, you talked about behaviors and trying to get people to adopt new behaviors. Is that an easy process or how is that process? I believe that some reprogramming is more challenging than others. Uh, It depends on how long that old program has been in place and how often that program is actually employed, how Mm. ingrained it is. 
And I also believe that it is much easier to reprogram if you make a clear decision, that's what you're doing. If somebody goes into it, well, I guess I'll try this and see if it works. <laughs> it typically doesn't go very far. It's very much like that old saying by Henry Ford, if you think it's going to work, it will. And if you don't think it's going to work, it won't. And either way, you're right. <laughs> so I, I believe that having that the proper mind diet, creating that mindset and having a clear decision and having a clear purpose makes everything so much more free flowing in the direction that you want to go in. I know you've got you've got a virtual workshop coming up. Was it this week? The a mental fitness training intro workshop. Oh yes, yes. I'm doing that on Thursday, the twenty sixth. Yeah. And that's at ten o'clock in the morning, Eastern Standard. This podcast will have been released after that. So is this something you do on a regular basis? Oh, absolutely. I will. You can always find what, out what's going on my website of theartofselfcraftsmanship.org. And you can also get to that website through the sunshinequotient.org. I've combined them. And there's on the menu tab, you'll find uh, webinars. And typically the most current one that you can register for is at the top. And I do have a couple, there's an intro to the sunshine quotient, which is actually embedded in the site you can actually take a look at that and i don't require you to hand over your email address and i do have another presentation that i've done that is free access at all as well and is direct and you don't have to sign up for anything you can also sign up i have a contact form there for you can sign up for a newsletter that i do quarterly And Mm -hmm. I also have a free download for energy principles and universal laws, an intro to that. And I believe that there's a fair amount of information on the website. And there are also what I call sunshine modules. And I also have a five module program that is inclusive, the five modules in the one program called Harvesting the Good. And I think it's important to be able to, a lot of things, the experiences that we have in life were not anticipated and maybe are less than what we had hoped for that time, right? But the circumstances, the circumstance and how to navigate and really make the best out of everything. Because I believe that there's always a choice that can be made. And sometimes we're forced into making choices, right? (laughs) Because the circumstance has changed a bit. However, the choices actually become quite easy when you're more connected with yourself and you understand your power. And I think that's where the solidarity with yourself comes in to to play, to make it um, a, a very fulfilling and energetic life. You talked earlier about positive psychology, Mm -hmm. and I don't know if it's a phrase that many people will be familiar with. And I get the impression from when you talked about it, were you involved in this in the early days? Because I think this started in, was it the early 70s, something like that? And so how early did you get involved in this whole scene? I got my certification in that, in applied positive psychology in, I think, 2016 or 17. But I think that I had been practicing it for quite a long time without really realizing that's what I was doing. 
And what I really like about them starting to do that, and if you look at look up Martin Seligman, he was the he's referred to often as the founder or the father of applied positive psychology. He started mm-hmm. focusing on what was going well in a person's life versus mm-hmm. what was not going well and you know how to fix it. And so I like to think of it as the old balance scale. And so you've got things that are going well and things that aren't going well. And it's always in flux because it's never a static thing. And so if you can move yourself over to be putting more positive thoughts and focusing on what's going well, then this is going to be weightier than the things that aren't going so well. And then you get more positive momentum going. It's interesting because I have heard several people say that that positive thinking doesn't work. I think that there is a line between focusing on what's going well versus just ignoring everything and being delusional and saying that everything is just great. And there is a difference there. But I do believe in the momentum. Let's build on what's working. And people do tend to, I think it's human nature. We've got a tendency to dwell on the negative. Oh, it's absolutely what they refer to as a negative default because it goes into that survival mode, always looking out to see what's coming and what's lurking around the corner, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a survival mechanism. And it's important to, to realize that as well. And it's interesting because not everything that would be impeding our survival hundreds of years ago are the same, but yet there are many things that do affect our survival as far as the health of our survival. There's so much information coming at us now. It's way more than we can possibly utilize. And I believe that becoming discerning as to what information you're actually going to expose yourself to and allow in as much as you can makes a big difference for it. Yeah, yeah. We're staying with positive psychology because one of the questions I always ask my guests is about a book that has really moved you. And I know, I mean, you've already told me the book that you're going to mention, which is staying within positive psychology. So what is the book that, or the books that have really moved you? It's fun because I was just talking, I teach a small class on life mastery. And we were talking, we're working on a several weeks on the topic of love. And there are two books by Barbara Fredrickson and her research. And one is Positivity. And the next one is Love 2.0. And it's all about relationships and what she has found in her research. And I think that It really comes down to finding how to love yourself first Mm. and fill yourself up. And then you have the capacity to have more meaningful relationships and and have more connection with Mm. people. And I think that those are fabulous books that, that have really moved me. And actually, it was... Uh, my introduction to the positivity book that Dr. Dan Tomasulo introduced me to Barbara Fredrickson's work that actually made me believe that the Sunshine Quotient was actually a viable teaching tool and project for me. And so I think that's why I am so taken 
with her work, which has really introduced, oh my gosh, so many more things to me. And right now, I also use a lot of work, research that's been done by Dr. Bruce Lipton and Dr. Joe Dispenza about the metacognition and the neuroscience and the epigenetics. And there's so much research that's going on right now that's very, not only illuminating, but it's exciting. Yeah, I haven't read Positivity, but I have read Love 2.0. It's a, yeah, it's a fabulous book. Really, mm-hmm. I definitely would recommend people to, to get hold of that book. Yeah. So we touched upon how people can find out more about you. You're on social media, on LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram. And so, and what was, can you remind me of what was your website? It's uh, theartofselfcraftsmanship.org. Okay. So if people want to find out more about you, are they the best places to look or which of your social media do you tend to use more? I'm getting to be a little more active on LinkedIn at this point. I did put together a professional page on Facebook, and it's connected to my personal page, but I think Catherine Chadwick Consulting would be more informative on Facebook, and that's the Catherine Chadwick Consulting is the same on Instagram. Right. And and finally, to finish, I always ask, to finish the episode is I always ask what is a quote that really resonates with you, but you've already used this quote earlier in the episode. So I wonder if you have a, another quotation that sticks with you for whatever reason that you really like. I can give you a, a quote of my own. <laughs> Let's go with that. right? Because what you focus on is what you get and what you tolerate is what you teach. And when did you come up with that? I've been saying those for years, even before I got into actually teaching all of this with people. Gosh, I started even when the kids were little. It's okay. You have to focus on what you want. Focus on what you focus on is what you get. And so it's, it's fascinating to me that innately I've known a lot of these things. And I love having the information to bring more of it out of me and put this all together because I really believe that this information is highly valuable to everybody. Absolutely. Catherine, thank you very much for your time. It's been a real pleasure. And yeah, hope, hopefully people will find out more about, or dig into mental fitness, fitness training and find out more about it. I believe that this can be fun. I don't think that self-development has to be a chore. <laughs> no. I think it's an adventure. <laughs> Absolutely. Tony, thank you so much for having me. I, it's been a delightful conversation with you. Thank you, Catherine. Next week is episode 76 with Joanna Surety. She is a health coach and she works one-to-one with individuals and also with companies. And her focus is on working with individuals to build resilience so that they navigate changes and challenges in life in a healthy way. And she's been doing this for a while. It's a really interesting conversation how corporate wellness programs work within companies, and also how she works with individuals. So that's next week with Joe Shorty. If you know anyone who gets some real value from this week's episode with Catherine, please do share it with them. And I hope you have a fabulous week. Thanks for tuning into the Habits and Health Podcast, where we believe creating healthy habits should be easy. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcast app.
You can also sign up for email updates and learn about coaching and workshop opportunities at TonyWinyard.com. See you next time on the Habits and Health Podcast.